Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. Talk Money is about health insurance, stocks, bonds, retirement, estate planning, and insurance. Everything financial, that's Talk Money. Your favorite financial show here in Memphis, Tennessee. Our guests bring their insights and perspectives about their topics of expertise. You know, stocks extended their run again. Investors wonder, how is this bull market going to end? The S&P is up 14% over the year and closed it closed at its sixth consecutive record Thursday. Wow, man. It's the longest streak that we've seen since 1997. Inflation continues to remain short of the Federal Reserve's 2% target. Hey, but I want to remind you, remember, keep your politics out of your investments. Saving rates. You know, one of the things that we always talk about here on the program, saving rate in the U.S. is 3.5%. That sounds pretty good. That's as of July the 2017, 2017, July the 2017. Sounds good, but compare that to Germany, 9.7%. Hey, we need to save a little more, more money to keep up with the Germans. Today's program, what is the latest status of Health Care Repeal Act? Well, you know what? I'm going to find out. Why can't the Republicans push it through? Is the Republicans done? And what does that say for health care for the average American? Is it going to cost us more? What's going on? My guest, Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions, will answer your questions. We've got a lot of questions that have been asked in the last couple of weeks. In the second half of the program, Jim Whitehead, CFP of Shoemaker Financial, will offer solutions to some big obstacles, big obstacles we all face when it comes to building our nest egg for retirement or for our children. That's talking about leaving a legacy. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Jim Whitehead are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Secure and Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. 
And welcome back. Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. You know, my guest today, we're going to kind of get into a couple of things today that I think are extremely important. Number one, health care reform. It is it has been a topic. We've discussed it. We've gone through it. And the problem with it is it seems like we didn't do anything and we're just more of the same. But here's the question. Do you know what more of the same is? Well, my guest, Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions, that is what he's going to help us find out. So, Shannon, welcome to the program, sir. Happy to be here. You know, Shannon, I mean, the, the status, the latest status of the health care plan, the bills have all been pushed by the Republicans. It's kind of died. Yeah, there were four separate uh, bills that they brought, three in one day, all were um, denied, and then they tried the fourth time, and it actually never got to a vote. And you know, the, the, it was kind of like there was some momentum there, and it, it appeared that we might see some slight dismantling. Obviously, replace and repeal, dead at the door. I mean, yeah, that was one happen. that we talked about last time, was that uh, they they... During the middle of all, I think the second vote that they had was just a complete repeal of the Affordable Care Act, which is what more than 50 senators had said that they wanted uh, back when President Obama were, was, was in office. <laughs> uh, they got a chance to vote on that again, and three of them decided they didn't really want it when they had the opportunity to repeal I it. have to admit that I am a little disappointed with how they've approached this or the preparation that they did in, in approaching this program. I guess it's maybe we had too great of expectations. But you and I have talked multiple times here on the program about the good and the bad of the Affordable Care Act. There are definitely some good things of the Affordable Care Act, and there's some sticky points or some very, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those. But before, you know, there, this this whole idea of replace and repeal has been shelved. Let's just say it's going to be right. next year, first quarter of next year. But there's a buzzword going around, reconciliation. Right, and so, that's that's why it's going to be shelved for the rest of this year. The uh, Another word that I had, I've really never heard, the Senate parliamentarian. <laughs> So, well, I know he's so there. The Senate parliamentarian uh, said that the the window for passing uh, a bill like this through the reconciliation budget reconciliation was over at the end of September. Um, and that basically w- what that was doing was allowing uh, the Republicans to pass a bill with a simple majority. Uh, most bills that go through the Senate, uh, they have to get at least 60 votes because there can be a filibuster if they don't. And it takes 60 votes to stop a filibuster. And we've all seen the senators stand up and read books uh, for hours on end during a filibuster. But this per, this uh, window gave them the opportunity to pass it with just a simple majority, uh, and they couldn't get that done. And so now uh, they're at least out until January or February of next year before we hear about this again. All right, so the repeal now is off the table. And that's just and, and it was kind of a, a mindset that that I think some people had some some expectations. Absolutely. So we, we've been hearing about this for so, so long. long. It's been yeah. in the news day after day, um, and it would go for a couple of months without hearing about it, and then the, the new bill would come up, and that's what the news would cover for the next two weeks. But what are employee, employers going to do now? I mean, the whole idea is what's the? they've got all their plans on the table and all these things that they're working with, and supposedly nothing has really changed, yeah. but it seems like there is this this – Lack of understanding. I mean, just the just as we talk to employers today, you can sense that the HR people, the, the people that are making the decision, are still going through this 
oh my goodness, what are we? What, what, what? And there's just a misunderstanding or what? I need you to help us get that. Yeah, we we continually have people calling in uh, to the office asking what what's changed, what's happening. Um, am I going to have to continue to offer a health insurance plan? Um, am I still going to be penalized if I don't have health insurance? You know, I, I heard in the news that they're repealing the Affordable Care Act. Um, there's been so much in the news about it that it's even more confusing today than it was a couple of years ago, just because of all the misinformation. That's, it that's is out a there. lot of misinformation. So let me let me say this to you that listening, if if you've got this problem, Shannon is pretty much got the expertise. He knows he knows what to say, how to deal with it, what to go through the process. I mean, he spent the energy and the time. And and I don't like to use the word expert, but uh, you know, I'll the, take it. If, I mean, you, if you want to say it, I'll take it. But you are an expert in this. You really do. You've been doing this for a long time. You know it. You you've counseled a ton of people. So I guess I'm trying to say that reality is. If you met with someone, if somebody wanted to give you a call, the tech can give you a call at 757-5757. But here's the thought. You go through a plan of action. You right. don't just say, bing, here it is. Go yep. do this. You really do go through a litany of questions to figure out what is the overall need, what are they trying to get done, and you walk through that. They can get your advice just simply by a change of record. I mean, sure. just simply saying, hey, Shannon, would you be the one that's going to help us through this? So they yeah, can so, do that. So one of the, part of what we have done over the last couple of years is inform and educate our clients and our prospective clients on what the Affordable Care Act means to them, how it will affect them. Uh, one of the things that we, we talk about when we meet with an employer is let's put the the thought of the Affordable Care Act on the side for a minute because there hasn't been anything that has changed there. Let's talk about what your needs are as an employer, what type of benefit offerings you want to offer your employees. Um, and one of the main things we talk about is what do employees want uh, for their benefits because you can go out and you can spend all of this money on things that you as the employer think your employees want. Um, it turns out they didn't, and you've wasted those dollars. And so uh, health care spending for an employer is one of the largest line items on the budget for a lot of small employers because those premiums can be pretty high. Um, so the one thing that you want to make sure of is that you're offering a plan uh, that your employees want and need. You know, here's the, here's what I hear you say a lot in the office. And this, I guess it's critical that people understand that you go through this idea of got to make a change. Well, people have a tendency to realize, oh, oh, it's October, I got to make a change. And, and that's, you're saying, think about this, go through this process of where they're, you know, giving themselves plenty of time each year to go through and go say, okay, what are we trying to do? You're talking about what, is, what do the employees really want? Yep. You actually use the word creativity a lot. Yep. I mean, that's a big deal because people don't think of being creative when it comes to their health insurance as an employer. Yeah, every time I, I go out and talk to a group of employees, I say, I know this is all of your favorite time of year to talk about health insurance and have the health insurance guy come talk to you. But it really is, there, there aren't many uh, health insurance providers in the market today. Uh, when I first started in this business 17 years ago, it's hard to believe. Yeah, I know. 17 years ago. You were ago, 12, right? I was 12. <laughs> uh, there were about 16 or 17 different insurance carriers that I could bring to an employer to quote. Uh, today, there's about four or five. And so the the word creativity, you kind of say, well, how can you be creative when there's only four or five carriers in a market? Uh, but there's plenty of opportunities there. There are uh, HSAs, health savings accounts, that you can utilize. There are HRAs. Uh, there are many different things that you can do with okay, For our listeners, explain what that is. A health savings account is an account that was uh, is give, given uh, tax preferential treatment by the IRS. 
Um, it allows you to put dollars into basically a checking account uh, that is an above-the-line tax deduction on your income taxes uh, for an employer or for an employee. Um, if an employer wants to put money into an HSA for an employee, they can do that without it, without it being a taxable event. Um, and so those are some strategies that we look at. You know, can we save premium dollars by having one of these plans and then have the employer then offer the employee some extra dollars to cover their health care expenses? Uh, there are many different ways to spend those dollars. Uh, what we like to do is, is go in, meet with an employer, find out what their budget is, find out what they're looking to spend for that year. A lot of times employers don't want to be forthcoming with that number because they think, well, we're going to go right up to that number. We'll find a plan that meets that number. Uh, but what we're really trying to do is there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, a combination of money that you want to spend with the insurance carrier and money that you want to be able to give to your employees for health care expenses. And that's okay, what we now try that's to work That's critical for. because you're talking about two buckets. Yes. And you're managing those buckets. Correct. You, you know, there, are, there is going to be what you have to pay the health care provider. Right. But you need to know that there's a bucket. Maybe there's a maximum, that, but maybe you've got a way you want to do it some other way with the other bucket. Yeah, I can give you an example. So when we go talk to a, an employer and we look at their uh, claims experience over the last year, if they're a large enough employer, let's say 50 or more employees, uh, we can get some, some sort of claims experience from the insurance carrier. Uh, so if you have an employer that's offering a plan to his employees and it has a really low annual deductible, we've all heard deductibles. Um, if you have a $500 deductible that you're offering to all your employees, it sounds great. But let's say you have 50 employees and we look at the claims experience and two people out of the entire group met that deductible. So you have a really healthy group. Um, you may be over-insuring your group. Uh, there may be a way to pay less premium to the insurance carrier, still hold those premium dollars for your employees in case they need them for medical expenses, uh, but why give the um, the insurance company all those premium dollars? Because they're just making a profit on that money. So it's using some thought process Correct. to do some planning. Not just bringing rates out and saying, hey, here's the rate. Yeah. Um, actually looking in depth at the plan and seeing what we can do. I, that's what I appreciate. I, I like the word creativity, and I like the fact that you don't just go in and say, here's the three plans, make a decision. You are spending an enormous amount of time with the employer trying to help them make get the best because today, whether you like it or not, cost is right. extremely expensive today to try to manage this. And it's not just the cost the employer's paying, but as you said, you can end up having a plan and say, hey, I got you a plan, but the employee's dying out there because the deductible's so high. Right, and another thing that we do is, is with, the, with being creative is looking at wellness programs for companies. Um, a wellness program, you know, they've been gaining momentum over the last few years. Right. More and more companies are offering wellness programs. Um, and they have a, a couple of different purposes. Um, the wellness program obviously gets your employees, stay, your staffing healthier, uh, thinking about their health more. Uh, any, any type of engagement you can give with maybe taking some time at lunch and walking around the building. What, whatever that may be as, as far as implementing a wellness program. Uh, it could help with your claims costs. That's one, th one avenue that you have healthier people. They're not going to the doctor as much, so it helps with your claims experience. But it also, as an employer, shows your employees that you find their health valuable to you, and that increases the morale of, of your employee group. So that's something that we talk about a lot 
with a wellness program. If you just tuned in, my guest, Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions, and he has got a plan. I mean, he, he's got a mindset of what to do to help an employer. If you're an employer of a company, give him a call at 757-5757 because that word creativity really does bring what Shannon does, I think, extremely well, helping people design and put together something that meets the needs of the employer and the employee. That's important. Shannon, when we come back, I want to talk about the fact that uh, I know Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee is kind of in a turmoil right now. And we're going to find out there's some major changes and people need to be sensitive to it and aware of it. Right. And we'll talk about that when you come in. You're listening to, of course, the Voice FM 107.9 and AM 990, uh, the Voice of Memphis. And, of course, we appreciate you listening. This is Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, your host. We'll be back with more of Shannon Dyson and Jim Whitehead coming up right after this. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. You're listening to Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I'll be talking with Jim Whitehead coming up in the second half of the program. We're going to talk about solutions to coming overcoming some big obstacles that we face when we're trying to build that nest egg for retirement or maybe just leaving a legacy for our children and grandchildren. Big obstacles that Jim's going to help us know how to find the solutions. That's coming up in the second half of the program. My guest right now is Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions, and we're discussing the Affordable Care Act and really what's going on with it and how, as an employer, and employee, how you need to work together, and of course, with Shannon's help, how to give you some insight into the idea of working through the the program is so confusing, and then how do you manage it? And the, he's used the word creativity, and I think that is such a great thought process. Two buckets, how do you manage it? One, you're going to have to pay the insurance company. Maybe the other one, how you set aside some money for the employees later on. But there is a big change coming. I mentioned it before the break. For employers that currently have Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee, what's going on, Shannon? Well, the uh, so Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee obviously is the biggest, the biggest insurance carrier. They cover the most amount of lives in the state. Uh, they have two networks currently. They have a P network, which covers both Methodist and Baptist hospitals, and they have an S network, which today uh, covers Methodist only hospitals. Uh, the S network is about 13% uh, less expensive than the P network, so you get the same benefits, just have a different network. Um, effective January 1st, the S network is moving to a Baptist-only provider instead of uh, Methodist. So that's going to be a big deal in our city uh, because of a small group market. There, that would, it's only going to leave one or two other Methodist providers in the area. Uh, which is going to be a big deal for a lot of people that currently have Blue Cross Blue Shield S network uh, because they wanted a Methodist hospital carrier. So if I have been going to Methodist hospital or have a doctor that works just with Methodist, or let's just say that Methodist has been my hospital of choice, right? 
effective January the 1st if I have my insurance with Blue Cross Blue Shield, which you're saying is only how many different carriers here in the, in the state, in the well, city, in the there, city? Yeah, there are four. Uh, and so, so four, four to five. And so that's, that, that's a big deal when you have one provider, the biggest provider, uh, with probably the most people on that network because right. it's the lower cost alternative. And we talked about how employers are looking for those lower costs. Uh, with that S network moving from Methodist to Baptist, it's a big deal, especially for people that say their plan year is, let's just say the plan year is July 1. Mm. So they they have they went with Blue Cross S network July 1st. They have Methodist providers from July through December. Uh, it's effective January 1. They might have to go to a Baptist hospital if anything were happening instead of Methodist. So that's a tough transition. Uh, it's tough to get the word out to your employees to make sure that everyone knows you need to be going to uh, Baptist hospitals effective January 1 if something were to happen and not Methodist. That's a big deal. That's a, that's a, you know, and, and I don't care what you say. When you're dealing with a person's health, yeah. the psychological impact of that, not just the health impact, but the psychological impact of a person going, well, I, I, I was going, uh, I, right. and that just that creates that, I don't know. It, it, well, especially you, for people that are in the midst of some sort of treatment. Um, you have people that have uh, cancer. They're going to a facility. Uh, they're getting the they're getting their chemo treatments or radiation treatments at that facility, and that may be a Methodist facility. Um, effective January one, while their doctor may still be in the network, those facilities are not in the network any longer. And so that's where we see the biggest uh, confusion is that while I'm still going, my doctor said that he's still in the S network, even though it's moving to Baptist. And that may be true. And so if you go to an office visit, you're covered in network. Uh, but if you're going for a treatment and that doctor uses a Methodist facility, well, now that's out of network. And those charges, if they are billed from the facility, would be considered out of network. And you've done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Except you didn't do go anything. to your in-network provider and he referred you to this out-of-network facility. Can you negotiate that? Can you deal with that? Is there something that, as the person, the patient... What do you do there? Well, it's one of the reasons uh, when we're talking to employers that you need to have a, an engaged broker uh, because one of the things, one of the services that we offer uh, is if, if that happens to an employee, uh, there are several things that we can do from, our, from the, the view that we have uh, to call these facilities and explain the situation, explain what's going on, and get them to write some of those charges off. Um, are they legally bound to do that? No, they're not, but they do understand these situations happen. Um, and that most of the time it is not the patient's fault. The patient went to the in-network provider, and for whatever reason, uh, the labs, the x-rays were sent to an out-of-network company to, to take care of, and the, the insured is left with this large bill. You know, I, I, I always say this. We need to be more of patient advocates because it, it, people just don't know. I mean, it's right. complicated. It is. I mean, I, I, you do it every day, and I know you spend an inordinate amount of time just studying it and going in, and Emily works with you. I mean, you guys, it's just a lot of stuff that's going well, on. Well, it's very complicated, and then when the when the patient actually gets it right, which they do most of the time, they look up a, provi a provider, they see that that provider is in-network, and they go to see that provider. What happens from there? They they have no control over when you go and get an X-ray taken or blood work done, and that that blood work is sent to a lab. There is no way for you, Jim Shoemaker, to know that the lab it's being sent to is right. in network or out of network. There's no way for you to know that. Yeah, that's the, that's an issue. What about the person who is a self-employed or just doesn't have group health coverage? 
what are they supposed to do this year? Well, the the picture is not so rosy uh, this year for that person, unfortunately, because we only have one provider in the individual health insurance market uh, this year for Shelby County. Uh, that provider is Cigna. Um, and so if you do not have access to group coverage, uh, the, the one provider that you have access to in the individual market is uh, Cigna Healthcare. Cigna's a great plan. Uh, they did take, though, a 21% rate increase uh, from 2017 for 2018 plans. Um, and so that they are the only provider. They have about six different plan options that you can look at. Um, and one of the main things I wanted to, to make sure that people heard uh, this year was that um, the new open enrollment date is November 1st through December 15th. And that's a big change over last year. Last year, the open enrollment period went through January 31st. Um, and so that's a, that's a big change from last year to this year where they're cutting off the open enrollment period, ending it at, on December the 15th. Um, that's a big deal today because you can't just go get health insurance on an individual basis anytime throughout the year if you miss this open enrollment date. Yeah. Uh, you have to have some sort of qualifying event throughout the year. Uh, you get married, you have a divorce, uh, some sort of other loss of coverage for you to be able to get insurance through the middle of the year. So December 15th is the deadline. If you do not have a group health plan or other group coverage, uh, you must have a individual health plan done by that time. Let's make sure we let everybody know. November the 1st to December the 15th. Correct. That is basically 45 days shorter than last year. Correct. That's exactly right. And there's a, I read recently there was a 41% decrease in funding for navigators. <laughs> yeah. So, so the navigators were put in place back in 2017 um, to help people navigate through the right. insurance markets and figure out what plan would be best for them. And so I think the article you read, what did it say? It, it, was, it just said, oh, my goodness, 41% decrease in the navigators. Who's going to be able to figure that out without the navigators? Right. So there's more than a third of the counties in the United States have one plan option <laughs> so, available to so them. So maybe there's not a need. There's not much navigating <laughs> that needs to be done for that. go through it yeah. and figure it out. Exactly. Well, and, of course, for Shelby County, it's Cigna. Cigna is the only provider, correct. But you do have some multiple different types of plans inside of Cigna. Yeah, there are about five or six different plans uh, inside the the Cigna portfolio of of individual plans, from uh, high-deductible health savings account plans to lower-deductible plans with office copays and prescription copays. Well, if you just tuned in, Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions, he works specifically with employers working through that process of knowing what kind of benefits do you need, how to put it together. Uh, Shannon, 757-5757. Real quick, just in summary, Blue Cross Blue Shield Tennessee of Tennessee S changing Yes, to. network is changing from uh, Methodist hospitals to Baptist hospitals effective January 1st. So if you have a group health plan that started in October, um, you do not get through next October to keep your same hospital. It's it's changing for everyone January 1st. And you need to be sensitive to that, be aware of that. And again, if you'd like to talk to Shannon, 757-5757. Bottom line is, it's confusing, and uh, he knows the answer. has been doing it 17 years and has a great insight to how to put together the plan. When we come back, I'm going to be talking with certified financial planner Jim Whitehead about solutions to big obstacles that we all face when it comes to building our nest egg. I mean, you know, whether it's, oh, I almost gave him a hint, Uh, Jim coming back in a view. I won't tell you, but there's one that it just runs right into us. It's a big brick wall. You want to know what it is? 
we got to give you a way to get around it. So, Jim Whitehead, coming up when we come back, you're listening to FM 107.9 and AM 990, The Voice, talk radio for the Mid-South. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We'll be right back after this. Have a question you'd like answered on the program? Email talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. After Britain's defeat in the Revolutionary War, both Spain and the U.S. claimed much of the land east of the Mississippi River and maintained a network of frontier military bases along the Mississippi Bluff. Among the commanders of these bases were such figures as the famed explorers Meriwether Lewis and Zebulon Pike and the 12th president of the United States, Zachary Taylor. What is now downtown Memphis was a Spanish military outpost under the command of Manuel Gayoso. Until the American army took over the site two years later, Gayoso's soldiers manned a fort and surrounding buildings where the pyramid stands today. Although the forts were later abandoned as the frontier moved further to the west, the legacies of the men who commanded them made a lasting imprint on our cultural heritage, including the names of our streets and landmarks. Those who walk Gayoso Avenue today trace the footsteps of some of our nation's most revered icons. This has been another Mid-South History Moment. Brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. You're listening to Talk Money. Shoemaker Financial and Securian Financial Services do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. And now, here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. Uh, we're talking with Jim Whitehead. And, and coming up in just a second, he's going to give us some, some real answers to how to deal with these Obstacles. Oh, welcome to the program, Jim. Thanks for having me, Jim. You know, uh, one of the biggest issues that, that we, when we talk about this, it's just kind of a common thing. We talk about building a nest egg. We talk about savings plans. We talk about, I mean, all of it's, you know, things that we do every day. But there are some obstacles that people get involved in. And I know in your practice, you've worked with a lot of people. And there is one that, whether we like it or not, it is a huge brick wall. Talk about it for well, me. Well, it's procrastination. And it doesn't discriminate. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It it hits those people who are 15, 16, 30, 60. You know, I, can, I know you all can appreciate this. I have a, uh, a young son. He's fallen in love with basketball. And the other day we were talking about practicing. Hey, son, go out and shoot your free throws, practice your dribbles. Dad, really? <laughs> practice my dribbling? I know how to dribble. And I said, well, in my day, you know, we loved – uh, Michael Jordan, and I know you like LeBron, and there's a h- bunch of other players. I said, what do you think they would do if they said, well, I'll start practicing tomorrow. I'll stop practicing today. And then next tomorrow, the next week, they go, well, I'll, I'll do it next week. Yeah. I said, son, what do you think professionals start to practice? When do you think they start changing the way they view what they want to succeed at? You know, procrastination is the killer of success. Yeah, no kidding. You know, and at some point in life, you got to say either I'm going to tackle this or I'm going to let it erode my dreams. 
You know, I, I read a book one time about procrastination because I have to admit in college that I was the uh, probably made straight A's in procrastination. I was really, <laughs> really good at it. I, uh, I, I should have got a master's degree in procrastination. But I read this book and it really kind of hit me because it said you have two selves, a present self and a future self. And when we start planning, as we do, we are thinking in the future self. I mean, and this was so helpful for me when you set goals, whether it's, I don't care what it is, losing weight, you know, playing basketball, financial planning, building for retirement, whatever we say it is, that's that future self having a vision of what you're really trying to do. And we think about it from that perspective. But what we find out in this book told me, it said, you know, the future self is out there long term. And then you have to get it to move from future self, those long-term rewards, back into present self where you have to take action. And the present self kind of says, wait a second, I have to make some decisions here. I no longer have a making a choice. You know, I got to do this. I got to get up and practice basketball. I got to not eat as much. And so when the present moment of what present self is having to do with our brain gets all tangled up because there's a conflict between Today, present self, instant gratification, want it now, no deal thinking about long term, and future self saying, wait a second, you got to get out here 5, 10, 15 years to do something there to be the professional athlete or whatever you start. And so there's that constant battle, and one of them wins. And in my case, future self lost every time, (laughs) you know, and I guess it was just that mindset. We just have a tendency to procrastinate. Well, you know, in reality, we're having people come into our office um, later in life, and I get to see where they have procrastination, procrastinated and to see the fear in their eyes of what's coming next. So they see the future now. They're getting closer to it. Their time horizon has shrunk, and now they're getting closer to the need of what that next transition is going to look like. And you can see the fears and sometimes the tears because procrastination won. Yeah. But, and a lot of times we think with procrastination, the first thing that comes to mind, well, let me start saving today. That's the one that most people think about. They forget to think about you got to make a commitment to be financially successful. You know, you got to make a commitment to start that comprehensive financial plan. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You got to start thinking about how do I manage my credit wisely? Do I start that today or do I manage my credit tomorrow? So it's not just one aspect. Think about your car. You got to put oil in it. You got to put gas in it. At some point, you got to change the tires. Guess what? That's an action that has to happen or you don't get somewhere. Uh, That's called a non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. And what we forget is we are driving that financial car of life. And we have to put these good things in place. I was talking to a 31-year-old, actually talking to his dad, and uh, he was describing his 31-year-old's problem that uh, he was going through this, you know, new children, brand new, you know, new family, uh, new house new uh, fence, privacy fence around the house and a Lowe's credit card. I mean, you know, it went on and on and on. All of a sudden, this 31-year-old dad of two children uh, expecting a third had $13,000 in short-term debt. Uh, Now, I guarantee you, 10 years ago, when he was 21, that wasn't in his mind. He didn't think that was going to happen. But it did, and it was because there was this lack of preparation. He, it was, I'll do it tomorrow. What you're saying, the savings of money. We talked about it earlier, less than 4%, 3.2% of what Americans save today compared to Germany, 95 We just don't have a tendency to do that, what we have to do to make things happen and go through that. I know, Shannon, you see that. 
where people are talking about health care. They, they wait till the last minute to put something together. Yeah, that's that we say it all the time. There's the if January 1st is the effective date and they're they're December the 15th. Like we've got to get something done. There's 15 days left. Jim, we've had a couple of those to, together, <laughs> right. I think. Uh, but that happens all the time. And one of the things, too, that you said about the, the 31-year-old with the fence around the house and the two kids and the credit card debt, you know, a lot of times kids see their parents and they see the lifestyle that they've lived their entire life, and they think, well, that's just the lifestyle that I'll continue leaving, le- leading. They don't realize, well, Dad actually spent a lot of time to build that, and it was a long time that's before right. he was actually able to enjoy those things. That's absolutely a good point. A lot of times people are coming in and they say, well, Jim, what do I need? I don't have a big nest egg to manage. Well, the management comes in the small habits. People earn and they build that wealth or they build for retirement with their pennies, their nickels, their dimes, and their quarters, not always the $100 bills. So procrastination doesn't mean you have to do everything right today. It means you start the process and you develop Good habits that will lead to bigger things. You know, if we could invent a pill, guys, that said, hey, take this pill <laughs> once a morning and procrastination would go away, we wouldn't be doing radio today. You know that, don't you? That's right. That's <laughs> I mean, right. That's the fact. Now, you mentioned habits, Jim. Talk about habits because uh, I mentioned this spending a little bit here. That I don't know if that guy's got a habit there yet, but there are habits that create into a person's financial lifestyle that we have to sometimes peel the onion, you know, pull it back and get down to the meat of it to say, here's what kind of the problem is. That's a great question. You know, a lot of times people don't realize they are developing either a good habit or a bad habit. Take your weight loss, take working out, take any of the things that we think about most of the time. But there's also that spending habit. Where am I spending my money? Am I spending my money in the right places? Am I putting it toward those priorities? Or are things just coming out of my checking account that I never see? I know Apples and iTunes and all these things, they just take these $2.99 and these $6, and next thing you know. By the way, part of that is they don't want you to see it. That's right. I mean, if it's it goes away real quick. Draft, <laughs> you know, and that's why their stock keeps going up. <laughs> well, think of you worked for a company, and that company never looked at their budget. They never talked about the inflows of the income or the outflows of the, of the cost. Would you want to work for that company very long? It probably probably not. Probably wouldn't be there very long. That's right. And the same thing goes with the, the our lifestyle and our business of our home. We need to be managing what's called our cash flow. That's basically how much am I making and where am I spending it? And we need to start building that cash flow because what cash flow will tell us is, are we spending things on our priorities? Are things coming up that were unexpected throughout the month, the week, or the year? And how do I plan for these accordingly? It should also tell us, do I have extra money that can be used for other important things or should I readjust my cash flow because I know those important things are coming like children's college or children's elementary school or a new car in six months or the break job or whatever it is we've got a plan for it and what that leads to is our net worth we need to be looking at not only our cash flow but our net worth which is basically our assets minus our liabilities is our net worth and seeing how we are performing with the money that we're using every day. Is it growing? Is the value of myself and my family from a financial perspective, is it growing or is it losing? Am I having to go somewhere else to get more? That's called credit, debt. And sometimes we can be controlled by credit and debt. Therefore, our happiness or our structure in life could be diminished because we owe more than what we're making. Mm, so many point. people in America, they call America the, the place of promise and opportunity. Why? Because we have so many opportunities to go out there and earn a good living. We don't like the living we're making. We become more educated and find a different living. 
It was, know, go uh, ahead. That, well, I'm just thinking that you're talking about the reality of, of habits. Right. And, and sometimes when, you know, what I have noticed if I'm counseling a couple, uh, usually the couple doesn't share habits. Uh, he will have habits and she will have habits. And fortunately, uh, what I've noticed in my practice, and I'm sure you have too, is that sometimes maybe one of the two, not always the man, not always the woman, has really those constraining habits that are saying, we will save this, we will think about this. Maybe they're not the procrastinator in the family. Maybe they're very meticulous on how they spend money. And the other one is, you know, out in left field. I mean, just going crazy and just all well, the time. Well, they say opposites attract. <laughs> opposites attract. Well, that is a fact. So when we come back, I want to talk about really kind of what are the habits and how do you help people get through that? And one of the things that so many times that people do is especially when it comes to procrastination, is the fact that they kind of put in their mind, don't worry, I will better, I function better under pressure. Right. Well, that's a negative, and that can be a disaster in the way we build a plan and work on financial planning. You're listening to Talk Money. My guest, Jim Whitehead, and also Shannon Dyson, we're talking about obstacles that create all kinds of problems when it comes to building your nest egg for retirement or the nest egg just to simply give back to your children. Hey, that's important. Building a nest egg, what are the problems you have? Jim Whitehead's going to give us a couple more of those so that we know how to fix it. That's important. All of us want to fix it. All right. Stay with me. We'll be back in just a moment. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money. Have a question you'd like answered on the program? Email talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we're talking with Jim Whitehead and Shannon Dyson. We're talking about obstacles to building a nest egg, and we've discussed procrastination, and we've kind of decided that procrastination, people like to work under pressure. We talk about the present self and the future self, and, you know, we always say to ourselves, well, I'll start that tomorrow or the next day. Well, procrastination is a huge obstacle, but we've also discovered that habits, how we build habits. Well, I mentioned earlier the 31-year-old that found himself with about 14000 13, $14,000 of debt after a short, you know, just a short marriage, five, six years, two children. You know, we bought the house. We got the privacy fence. We got furniture. All those things that happened. Well, then as his dad was talking to me, he said, how do I help? And I said, well, tell me what you're telling him. He said, you know me. I didn't do a good job in myself. And, and that's the fact. He was not a good instructor. Uh, fortunately, as I said earlier, the wife, most of the time, one of the other parents or one of the other couple and part of the couple is better at it. If you happen to be single, find somebody that can help you. Find somebody that can be your accountability partner. Someone that can kind of, when you've got to make a decision or you've got to 
habit that you feel that you're struggling with, get somebody to come in and be honest with you, look you straight in the eye and say you need to stop doing that. Because in this particular case, the 31-year-old literally had followed almost exactly into his dad's steps. What his dad had done, he was doing. And so, therefore, there was no movement there to break those habits. So, guys, help me with this. Jim, when a, when a person's, you see bad habits, you see spending habits, you see procrastinate, you see whatever. How do you, I mean, this is talking about human life. This is talking about human personalities and psychology and in your practice, how do you walk through with someone? I mean, that's a fine line to tell someone you got to stop doing that. Right. And a lot of times people will say, well, Jim, how do I plan for the unexpected? I mean, it's unexpected, right? I mean, who puts that into our world and how does that happen? Hey, I didn't expect the three kids. I didn't expect that I had to put up the privacy fence. My dog costs more than I thought. Well, that's By the way, they have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they do. They have three kids. Anyway, so the thing that we have to look at is, well, how much am I putting in my emergency account? It's for the unexpected. So many times people aren't planning for that what if of today or tomorrow. A lot of times we think, man, retirement's so far away, but we should be setting aside money, every paycheck, and letting that build into an emergency account that we can get to if we need it. And if we don't need it, then we can push it down for maybe long term or something else. But that's one great way, one great habit to just start putting. It's easy to start your savings account, maybe put it in a money market. Try to put it in a place where you know you have it, but you don't see it all the time. So, you know, it's accumulating. Put as much in there as you possibly can. How do you figure that out? Go back to your cash flow and your budget and say, how much? And talk with your wife or your husband. How much can we put in here? $100 a month? $10 $10 a month, but start that habit, and that habit will grow. Well, one of the things that I see, too, is on uh, medical plans. Uh, we talked earlier about deductibles rising to get premiums down. So an employee may look at a plan and say, well, I'm going to take the higher deductible plan uh, because it's charging me less out of my paycheck every month. Well, the thing is, though, if you go into the hospital, you're going to owe that deductible. And so what we tell our uh, clients, or our employees, is, Take the difference that you're saving from the low-cost option to the high-cost option and put that aside. Because one day, if you go into the hospital or if you have to have an MRI or a CAT scan, that bigger deductible is going to be due. And if you're saving money but you're just spending it on other things, that really didn't help you to take that lower-cost option. Oh, that's a great point. You know what we also tell them in the same idea when you're talking about your employee benefit plan? Number one, try to optimize your plan at work. Look at all the things that your company is giving you for free. And a great one is the company match in a retirement plan if they have it. So take that that difference what you're talking about, Shannon, and up your retirement plan 1%. And the next time, next year, up it one more percent. And then maybe one and next thing you know, you're saving money for the long time term and it's not even affecting your daily or monthly budget. You know what I hear you guys both saying and I think I think the listing on it needs to get this is that we all have a tendency to procrastinate. As I said, I got a master's degree in it in college. The reality is what somebody does is they come alongside you and guide you and help you if you are a procrastinator, if you have bad habits. My suggestion to anybody listening, if you sense that you have these problems, there are obstacles for you, give these guys a call at 757-5757. Ask for Shannon. If you're looking for an employer type of what you need from, from providing benefits, ask for Jim. If you'd like to just get through some of this procrastination and habit forming, if you're trying to build a nest, nest egg. Guys, you know, the, the problem is, and I guess I want everybody to understand, we can talk about this, but it takes action and it takes writing things down. That's correct. You know, a comprehensive plan, 
can come in many forms. It can come with a professional and an advisor. Another way to do it is you sit down and you say, what am I want to be next year, in the next five years? And financially, what are some of the changes I need to make today that gets me on that path? And too many times people say they want to do something. But I think when you put it down on paper and you hold yourself accountable, you get, like you said earlier, accountability partner, I think you'll get there. That's what you're talking about. Shannon, summarize what we should be looking for next couple of months. Well, just for the main thing is for people that do not have uh, employer coverage, please uh, remember the, the open enrollment period ends earlier this year, December 15th. So you, if, if it's December 16th and you haven't done anything yet, you're too late. Uh, they've cut it off at December 15th. Uh, starting in on November 1st. So if you need help uh, looking at those plans, feel free to call in, uh, and we'll be happy, happy to help you through that process. That telephone number again is 757-5757. Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions, and Jim Whitehead, Certified Financial Planner. Uh, both of these guys know what they're doing. Give them a call. They definitely can help. Well, today's program has been, of course, brought to you by part of it, Shoemaker Financial, and part of it by the law firm of Mac Bailey. We thank both firms for doing that. Shannon Dyson, Vice President, and Jim Whitehead, Producer and Board Operator Gil Worth and guest and content coordination Francis Fortner, production assistant Eleanor Moskovich, compliance officer Tommy Armstrong, Mid South History Moment Rebecca Brazier. It's written by Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're here every week. We thank you for listening. We thank you for paying attention to what Talk Money is all about. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Jim Whitehead are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Secure and Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.